if uh, we do find a gap in there. But we should be live on YouTube now as well. If you can hear us, please confirm that on YouTube. Um, for those that are on the channel, I've changed the thing again because I can't help myself. Now I have like a thing in the back with a screen and I can utilize that for stupid stuff because I'm a stupid person, right? I like to do stupid things. So uh, come on. Yep, I think I see it. Perfect. Um, so, but on YouTube, do make sure I, you can hear me okay. Make sure you can hear uh, uh, Nicholas okay. Nicholas, you want to give a, a few words for our YouTube folks? Make sure they can hear you. Yeah, exciting day. Lots, lots of things going on these last couple hours here. Yeah, man. It's been, uh, boy, it's been busy. <laughs> all right, we hear you both. Perfect. Okay, let's get started, y'all. Thank you all very much for joining us uh, in this uh, very eventful, very, very eventful uh, last few days and weeks and months. Let's kick it off with the Twitter deal, uh, Nicholas. Oh, by the way, for for the for the uh, audience, what what do you prefer, Nicholas, Nick, Nico? What's what do you go by? What's what's your thing? Um, just whatever doesn't matter. I, whatever Nicholas is what's on there, but my family and friends call me Nico. Um, a lot of people call me Nick. A lot of people call me Gibbs. So, whatever, I'm easy. All right, all right. I think I'm gonna switch between all four. How there about that? Go. All right, yeah. perfect. Uh, let's get started with your thoughts, man. Uh, you're, uh, thank you so much for joining me again on the on the on YouTube and on Twitter Spaces. Obviously, um, yeah, Nico and I actually we met in person for the first time at uh, at the Investor Day, which uh, uh, Nico was able to make, which I'm very jealous uh, about. But uh, met him and his uh, awesome wife, and uh, you just came back from a honeymoon. So congratulations, man. I'm very happy for you. Uh, and uh, one of the coolest persons I've ever met. Like super cool, man. I I'm very very lucky to call you a friend and so thank you very much for making the time and yeah share your thoughts dude what let's start with twitter what the hell what do you think <laughs> yeah i so yeah I, I i put up a tweet about this actually like my first thoughts just again everything i, I do is a stream of consciousness for better or for worse um hasn't got me too much trouble just yet but my first thought when that happened was either one elon already had a set amount of shares scheduled to sell yesterday this is purely guessing right so let's say he because that would uh, i believe and you guys keep me honest if there's a he's in a blackout window right now but rules you know like loopholes if you want or other ways he could sell besides that would be if it's already been scheduled beforehand and so if he already planned to sell x amount of shares before the trial were to take place that could have happened yesterday and that was maybe he, his mind was saying, okay, well, we'll try and push Twitter on and on, see if they come down in price up until this date. If they don't do it, the shares will sell. I'll have the $2 billion I need. And then we just go ahead and we just close the deal. Who cares? We're not going to squeeze them anymore. That's one option. Or the other thing I was thinking was, and again, all of my stuff is very uh, just conspiracy theory. So, uh, But my other yes. thing was Elon had a lot of things to say yesterday. And... I'm not going to talk about whether I agree or disagree with what he was saying. But what we do know is there's a lot of negativity about him expressing his own ideas, his own thoughts. And I almost wonder if it kind of reinforced his belief that, you know what? No, I have to take this over because the amount of mm. people trying to silence me for just saying some simple words with a real message behind it about being peace. Again, whether you agree or disagree, that's not the point. The point is people just had this reaction about his speech 
And that might have invigorated him to say, you know what? Screw this. I don't care. Let's do it. Pull the trigger. I'm done with this. Mm. Who knows? But those are just two immediate thoughts I had. Um, and then I guess the, the last third thought would be, obviously, I watched uh, the the great interview that you and Alexandra had yesterday with uh, with Gary and and um, um, wow. Ross. Ross Gerber. Um, and you know, just hearing what they had to say and the whole idea of like the Tesla overhang and will it happen, not happen. I mean, I would say they both pretty much called what would happen as far as timeline right before trial, right before the deal happens, right before the deposition happens. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy, but it's also kind of exciting that all of this may be finally coming to an end and we can move on with our lives and not talk about Twitter and Elon in the same sentence. Although I guess that that's just getting started in the big scheme of things. It's just getting started. Yeah. No, I really appreciate those thoughts. I think the from the standpoint of having to sell um, shares, by the way, I get I got a lot of I get so many comments as of late, like I keep playing with my mic and people are like, stop doing that. You look like such a crazy person. I'm like, how about just listen to the stuff we got to say? I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'll try my it best. Too. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, what's up, man? Like, Constant. Oh, we got to be dynamic. I'm, Literally, I had people unsubscribing from my channel because they f found it very annoying how much I, I... But okay, I appreciate it, but I'll try my best if not too bad. I'm sorry. Um, I hope what I say is more valuable than me playing with my mic. Anyway, let's move forward. So uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the... Oh, shit. What was I going to say? Okay. Twitter. The, the Twitter thing with selling the shares. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a part of the equation because uh, at the end of the quarter... Um, towards the end of the quarter and the beginning and between the period of the quarter end and when earnings gets released, there's a blackout period at the company. So two weeks before the quarter ends, so say it would have been middle of September towards the end of October when earnings get released, there is a blackout period where nobody can sell shares or buy shares. Uh, that's what happened while I worked at the company. And that's very common for any public uh, company. So um, I'm not necessarily sure if the timing of the deal has anything uh, to do with having to sell shares, say immediately, maybe if uh, you know if the deal ends up closing, I don't know, end of October of November, once the window lifts, maybe Elon goes and has to sell more. I'm not really sure. And if he doesn't have to sell any more, I'm guessing it's not that much more, depending on how many financial partners he was able to sort of uh, uh, jump jump in with, right? So that's one thing. And then, so so where my head goes to is, I think the comment you made around. Uh, sort of yesterday's poll, again, who, I'm not really talking about the content of the poll, but sort of the reaction to the poll and what Emmett and Matt were talking about earlier today. So when, when Emmett and Matt were on, I watched a snip of what they were talking about. Those guys always do such a great job from good soil. Um, the, the type of action <laughs> that that poll was getting was very, very interesting in how it would it swayed people's opinions on what they thought about the content of the poll itself. So that being a accelerant for someone like an Elon to say, you know what, this is something I need to close uh, immediately because I feel like this is way more important than me trying to get a better deal out of this thing or me trying to get whatever I want out of this deal a little bit. Uh, maybe this is me haggling. This is just a waste of my time. This is way more important than that. I need to move forward. So that's that's where my head goes to from what I, I would like to think Elon is thinking about, right? 
but the the, all, the other variable could also be like like Ross and like you talked about Ross and Gary. I think that just the pressure of of, of seeing that he's likely not going to win in court. Uh, going to court is very oftentimes way more damaging to the parties than the result of the court trials themselves. And when Ross and Gary were going back and forth and really playing out the scenarios, like, okay, so you go to court or you don't go to court, what are you going to do? Pay a $4 billion settlement to exit the deal or pay, you know, or, or $10 billion, whatever the stockholders think they deserve because of how, quote unquote, you screwed them over? Or do you pony up an extra little bit of uh, cash and you get an entire social media company that you can use for marketing, you can use for free speech, you can use for your own personal goals. Like the the amount of benefit to risk ratio of walking away versus just ending up with Twitter seemed to be in the on the corner of Twitter. But what's interesting about the Twitter purchase itself is that Twitter comes with a host of complications and and complexities that to, uh, Elon doesn't necessarily have to play with right now. So the, just the, the whole arena of freedom of speech, you think about Twitter operating in Saudi Arabia. Twitter operates in countries that are not nearly as, let's say, uh, you know, free with their communication channels as the United States. You open it with that window up for risk, you know. But I think ultimately where my head goes to is if there's a person that can really solve this um, conundrum that we're in from a social media perspective and freedom of speech and trying to get a platform out there that actually achieves what his intended goal is. Um, I think Elon and Twitter are, are a perfect pairing. Uh, I think there's an acceleration to that goal if he ends up buying Twitter. Uh, if he doesn't buy Twitter, he was probably going to do this anyway, because I think Elon has found if he has found time to take care of his body better, I think he's found time to do other things as well, especially within the context of Tesla and SpaceX performing at a very high level, even through a recessionary environment. So yeah. Elon has more bandwidth. What is he going to use that bandwidth for? If his head is super uh, tied to freedom of speech, and this is an existential risk for society, and we need a social media platform that's not going to ruin society, he's going to do it one way or another. And it probably makes sense for him to do it with a company that has network effects. So um, yeah, so that's where my head goes. Not sure if you have any thoughts uh, on top of that, but well, that's where my head goes. My first thoughts are, okay, first, let's, let's take a step back here. I know you guys are used to seeing Yashu. Um, I got a little bit of a tan, but I, I know I look a little different than him. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. Just you know, I, I just want to respect the the Yashu energy. So yes. I just want to let everybody know Tesla is sitting at two forty seven eleven cents. We're selling off a little bit right now. I know Farzad has been all about the blueberries. Yashu's been all about the citrus. Guys, I got you. I got the bananas here. Damn. <laughs> so let's see if we can get a little banana juice up in this thing. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Now, okay. Now, with that said, as I try to chew and talk, the innuendos here, are everywhere for that one. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, intended. Intended. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Um, like I don't know if everybody will agree with me. Probably anyone listening to this will agree that Elon is probably the most popular person in the world. I would say. Right. I mean, you could put him up there with like a LeBron James or something like that, right? Or a Michael Jordan. And I would say Elon's bigger than both of them. But I was, and this is a complete tangent, but I also think that Elon is arguably the most powerful person in the world right now. I know he doesn't have access code to nukes and all and things like that. But I was listening to the All In podcast not long ago. And there's this idea that they were talking about how content creators, 
you know, not oh, yeah. quite someone like me, but like a, a Kim Kardashian, a Elon Musk, right? These bigger names, they can influence markets like no other, right? If Kim Kardashian all of a sudden says, yeah, I'm using this product and I like it. She's like a big, she's like a big duck and every, all her fans and supporters are ducklings behind her. If Joe Rogan says that he's a certain supplement or whatever, same kind of effect. These are people you trust and you believe in. I would say Elon Musk has just that amplified. And so the power and the influence he has and every word he speaks, I think it's extremely, by the way, my banana's working. It's going up now. Um, but I, I think you couple that power that he has and what he's doing right now with Tesla, the EV revolution, what's quietly happening with the energy side, what we saw on AI day. And now you throw Twitter in there, a, a social media platform that will eventually become, you know, an everything platform. I think that's his vision. We saw the conversation with Jack. I, I, I just, I think that the implications for this are massive. I think Elon Musk is going to trump any country, any world world president leader or anything like that his influence is gonna be so vast and again i get it i sound like a fanboy but i mean just look around look at the influence he has he says one word and markets change you know he he's there's one rumor about him buying twitter everything gets halted you know he says one thing regarding ukraine uh, uh ukraine and russia and that he wants to go one-on-one -on -one with vladimir putin i think people their their leaders are reaching out to him and saying oh, okay we can have a one-on-one -on -one combat i mean it's just it's crazy what's happening right now i think twitter just adds to that power and just magnifies it it's it's kind of crazy it's kind of scary but just to go back full circle to what elon was saying at ai day if there's one person that you want that kind of power I would want it in Elon versus a Zuckerberg versus a, I mean, just versus anyone else who just, I don't know, you just don't feel too good about. At least we feel like Elon is doing the right things for the right reasons. Or, and, and we have to just believe in that. I, anyways, I'm rambling, but no, I just, good. I think there's something there philosophically and just a, a bigger picture of everything. I agree with you hundred percent. I think the context that surrounds like power in our modern day and age cannot be understated for better or for worse. So the most powerful people on planet Earth have media arms in a way, if you really think about it, um, for better or for worse. I'm just kind of out laying it out. I'm not saying Elon is doing this because of that or he is. I don't really that's not my statement. My statement is Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Then you have uh, the, Co the Koch brothers and you have people like uh, Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch. I think he passed away, right? So his sons run run the, I forget. I forget if he's alive or not. But anyway, that the Murdoch name is tied to a, to a news publication. These are very, 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 very wealthy people that have the ability to uh, persuade opinions, okay? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the, the, the world that we live in. If there is an intention from an individual to try and break that cycle, uh, you don't do that by allowing these people to continue their, on their path of, uh, of you know, using their media arms to influence public opinion. You try to create a place where anyone can come on and voice their opinion openly that has as much reach as humanly possible. The, there is no other, I mean, short of li literally burning the whole thing down, which I am not for, FYI, uh, short of doing that, 
I think there is uh, there's very little else to do as a society to try and and allow people to be capable of taking part of the conversation unless you have that town square. It's a town yeah. square discussion. Is it going to be difficult? Yeah, of course it's going to be extremely difficult. But why wouldn't you want one of the best problem solvers in the world and the teams that he can build through proven track records uh, to, to tackle this on? And the one thing that came up yesterday with my conversation, uh, Gary Black brought up this point, which uh, I'm not entirely, and both I think Ross brought it up too. I don't entirely agree with it, but, and I was thinking about it. The, the one the one comment around that is, well, Elon is somebody that, and, you know, I deeply respect Ross and Gary. I'm just disagreeing with them here, which we were allowed to do. Um, that the he is an engineer of hardware and he's somebody that is a builder of, of physical things. But I really truly believe that problem solving and building are skill sets that are very transferable. And I think you and I talked about that before uh uh, Nicholas, like, on a podcast a long time ago, but there are a lot of transferable skill sets between one realm and another, between one industry and another. And problem solving difficult problems, be it in physical or the digital world, are I think one in the same. And I can say that as somebody who has who has come from a from a more of a software background. You know, a lot of my background is uh, behind SQL. You know, SQL Tableau, like that's a lot of what I did. But then I transitioned over to building out processes and things in a physical space in a, in a, in a distribution environment. And I found myself using the same exact problem-solving skill sets that I used in software, which is what exactly, what the hell am I trying to build here? That's really what I start with. And then I go, okay, what are the minimum number of steps I need to take to make this happen? And that requires learning about the expertise. But if you're somebody who can learn quickly and, and, and apply your brain to that specific skill set you're trying to learn, you can apply that that sort of uh, uh, whiteboarding approach or whatever you want to call it to solve basically anything. So I'm a believer in that. I, I personally believe that's the case. So um, why wouldn't you want the best problem solver in the world to tackle that? And, and so then I say, okay, so then let him do this. Is it going to suck? Probably. It, it, are we going to have a, could, could you argue that we might have a Twitter overhang forever until this thing becomes the, his dream? Perhaps. So, so maybe that's what the question I'll ask is like, now that he is going to buy Twitter, do you think that this is going to be, this is going to become a permanent overhang over the Elon story? Is it, is it going to be a positive one, a negative one? Where does your head go? Now, I, I think this all gets resolved very quickly. As soon as he says funding secured or I'm done selling or, or whatever, I, I think it's over. The, the Twitter story will, will, will die. It, it'll go away. Nobody will talk about it unless Elon tweets something controversial or he appoints someone as CEO to lead the company. Mars, I'll stop playing with your mic or I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> Matt Smith. Good for the show. Sorry, I apologize. Keep going. No, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there'll continue to be an overhang. I mean, this this whole notion of you know Elon's going to be distracted. Like that's look. Even I would say even people who are Tesla Q labeled would not would not say that Elon Musk is somebody who can't handle another thing. I mean, he he does so much, and he does it. He's a great delegator, and he knows how to position his attention to where the actual problems are. So we all know he's he's spoken about this at nauseum. His main prop his main his main um goals for this year is um FSD beta, getting that to complete and getting um oh my god I'm blanking uh to orbit. Um 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a starship. Starship, thank you. I kept wanting to say star space. I'm like, that makes no sense. Great alliteration. <laughs> sure, but, say that too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, those are his main things. And he's got everything else going on. Boring Company, Star, Starlink uh, within SpaceX. He's got Neuralink. I mean, he's got so much other things going on, but he he knows where his, his 80% of his attention has to be at. So he's really good at doing that. And that's what that's what anybody who, especially as you work up your way up in, in any kind of management or in, in, in your career, you learn that you can't do everything. You have to be good at delegating and be very good at choosing what problems you're going to devote your attention to, right? Like we, we talked about this not too long ago on one of your live streams. When I wake up in the morning, I'm very specific on what task I'm going to focus on because depending on what your day looks like, you know, you only have so many hours to focus on certain things. Those are your most productive hours. So making sure that you can, you know, allocate that reasonably well. I mean, no one's better at than he is, in my opinion. Yeah. What about after? I mean, so so you're saying even after this whole thing closes and he takes a private, do you think it becomes a like a like a non-story basically long term? And it's just how do you think about that? I think it becomes a non-story, but I think it's a, a next level move. So if you if you look at any, again, I'm just stealing away from the all in podcast because Chamath said something in a way that just, it was, it just put something so clearly in my mind. The best companies out there to invest in are companies that take, you have your profit line item or column, and then you have your expense column. And the companies that can take things from the expense column and put them into the profit column, those are companies you want to invest in. So Tesla, right? Whether you talk about battery manufacturing, or you talk about making the seats, uh, the way they manufacture, making their own alloys, um, you know, they were using third-party labelers. Okay, well now we're going to do that. In, I mean, just over and over and over, right? Uh, dojos I and mean, things of that nature. And then you start to look at this now. Okay, Twitter—it's a media company. Sure, Tesla's not bringing that in, but it's under Elon. And so here we go again. Uh, here's a, a potential advertising arm. I mean, it's just like. These are the companies you want to invest in. You see this over and over with all the great companies, right? Many companies are now trying to make their own silicon chips. And as you bring things in-house and vertically integrate, and especially if you can take things and make it into a business line item that you can generate revenue from, that's where things become just really genius. And so I think this just this just amplifies that whole story. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be drama moving forward. I really don't. I think it's going to be quiet. It's going to be no different than boring companies. Can be no different than than um, Neuralink. I mean, we don't hear much from them. Start. Uh, maybe you will hear more about Twitter just because it's more of a public thing, right? More people use it. Media uses it, so they'll want to talk about it, and they want to put that Elon name in there to get clicks and views and all that. But I don't. I don't see this uh, being a negative uh, for for Tesla at least. I want to bring something up real quick. Uh, thank you for uh, somebody that gave me a heads up in the comments here. Elon filed 13F filing according to Gary Black. So let me go ahead and uh, and uh, actually let me see if I can tag that to this space real quick. So for those that are on YouTube, we're also multicasting this on Twitter spaces as well. So uh, this is a continued sort of the continued Tesla 247, TSLA 247 project. If you don't follow that Twitter account, TSLA underscore 247 on Twitter. Uh, every single Tuesday, we do Tesla Tuesday and there is a uh, different folks come on and we um, and we talk about different things that are happening in Tesla. And so it happens today. We had Tesla bot, which we'll talk about. And then we had Twitter literally break minutes before the I think the first Tesla space went live, which uh, was great timing by Mr. Elon Musk. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of great time. I, I hate talking about this this topic. It's 
do you really yeah it's just it's it's noise that's all it is it's noise it's, okay it has nothing i think it's to more actually that. do with the company uh well i'm i'm talking about if you're looking at it from a tesla perspective i i think it's it, i think it's, it's more than that you do why, yeah. why is can that i tell good? you my thesis yeah. yeah 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 so what percentage of the population can afford a tesla today small right Tiny. it's like you know talk about the global population it's like it's 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 uh it's fraction of a percent and probably less than that because a lot of people probably shouldn't be buying them that are <laughs> exactly exactly so and that that's why they'll go to your in, to your investing channel to understand how to actually use their money that was a really good plug well done that was amazing <laughs> investing against the grain go check them out nicholas gibbs look him up it's also in the description so what percentage of the people can afford twitter can afford to go on twitter everyone in, in the globe well, not Several. everyone, I guess, as long as you have internet connection, ability to have a phone or computer. But yeah, I would say over 50%. Yeah, B billions of people, right? Especially as Starlink becomes more and more uh, uh, propagated through the world, more and more people are going to have access to it. So what's one of the coolest things about Tesla from the standpoint of, of owning the product is that you watch this company make this insanely great product and make it better so quickly and so often that the users that use that product are blown away by how much better it is in the competition. Mm -hmm. Now with Twitter, people are going to be able to experience this uh, orders of orders, hundreds of orders of magnitude of more people are going to be able to experience this globally, this sort of best in class so far ahead of everybody else uh, thing that it's going to shock people, I think. So, so what I mean by that is, Tesla owners watch their product get better uh, within months, especially if they have, say, full self-driving beta. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have four, three to four billion people today with the access to go on Twitter and notice this thing becoming better and better and better. And it'll become best in class social media company. It could become best in class uh, finance company as far as like transferring money from one person to another, best in class video content, best in class creators content creators, best in class news source, best in class uh, to share your ideas, right? So so it becomes a, a, a gigantic multiplier effect on the brand of Musk. And from that standpoint, it becomes a gigantic marketing arm yeah. for literally anything that Elon makes, which applies to Tesla. So in my head, him buying Twitter long term, especially long term, becomes the perfect place for folks to be sold on the Musk story, which will uh, very organically drive people to Musk products. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that that's, that's his vision. That's probably what will happen because there's not much he does that doesn't come true. And I can't say that about any other innovator out there. But the only reason I push back on it with regards to you know the Tesla story itself is that nothing that he would do with Twitter would be revolutionary. Would it be different? Would it be better? Sure. It'd be evolutionary, if anything, whether you add a finance arm, whether you add a media stream arm to it. But with Tesla, this is all revolutionary. Cars that drive themselves, humanoids, disrupting the energy uh, grid. I mean, that's all just really transformational. But I, I get what you're saying about the, the, the effects from that and especially to the brand and but but just to play devil's advocate it's not he's as popular as he is as an individual and as a you know a, a person in the world an innovator he's also very polarizing 
a lot of people don't like them. You know, so I, I wonder if maybe this also has the opposite effect. Now, I, I will say in my experience, especially over the last year, you know, I, I've been I've traveled more this year. I've been more out of the country more than I've been in the country this year. And it definitely seems like there's more, I don't know, uh, vitriol towards him in the States versus in the rest of the world. And it's yes. wild to see. It's absolutely wild to see. Yeah, he's that's a, such a phenomenally good point. What I I I uh, noticed the same exact thing. Uh, the, the you know we, we only went internationally what twice this year. Only I'm so freaking lucky to say that. But I was able to go internationally twice this year. We went to Mexico and we went to Ireland. And I was just like very randomly asking people, 100 positive <laughs> every time he came up in conversation. I talked to a few people. I like to like be part of the culture and stuff. So that's a that's a a really really good point. But but let me ask you this. So the point you made, which I which I can see is. You know, Twitter is going to be a incremental step up from once Elon takes it over because all these things have been done before. And WeChat in China, it, it's kind of that, right? It's that all-in-one thing. So, what would what would have to be a revolutionary thing that Twitter can do that would change your mind from that perspective? Like, what's a revolution? And it's a tough question to ask, right? But yeah, but, yeah. I'm gonna put you on the spot. What do you think yeah. is revolutionary? Oh man. I- I don't know. If, and I would I love could, to also get comments in the comment section as well on YouTube. What would be a revolutionary thing that Twitter does that would make it so much better than everything else that it's undeniable like Tesla? Like, and take a few seconds to think about it. And I'll think about it too. We'll, we'll take the next 30 seconds to think about it. And apologies for the viewers that might not get anything for the next 30 seconds. But I think this is an important thought exercise to really put within context what's possible here. So yeah, so I open up the question. What would be a revolutionary thing that Twitter does that would set it apart from everything else on the planet from the aspect of that company doing something revolutionary? <laughs> that That's actually a good one. If that's, that's, good one. if that's the only thing that changed, uh, them being able to figure out a way to filter out bots and he could sell that to Facebook, sell it to YouTube. Sell, I mean, if that's the one thing that you took away from it, that would be revolutionary because bots are a big problem, really big problem. So I'll go ahead and read this for the Twitter spaces. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. I appreciate you, man. Uh, if uh, Musk can use AI to filter out bot activity and deep fakes type spoofs, Twitter could become the only trusted social media. So that's a really good one, right? Uh, another one came through here. Hadouken, $5 super chat. Thank you, brother. Twitter updates uh, in our Tesla. So we get in-vehicle tweets when Farzad goes live on Tesla Thursday and we can listen while we drive. Gang, let's go. Well, that's very nice. I don't know if that's revolutionary, but I appreciate that sentiment. Um, let, me, let me ask you this real quick. Do, do yeah. you think that's possible? Do you think there will ever be a trusted media source out there? I mean, a, a majority trusted. I mean, Elon talks about if... 10% on the left don't like what I'm saying and 10% on the right don't like what I'm saying or are mad at me, then I'm doing something right because 80% are happy, right? So do you think Twitter can get to that point or any media can get to that point? Because obviously people who watch Fox believe that, you know, that's a truthful place. People that watch uh, MSNBC feel like that's a truthful place. People who watch Joe Rogan think that's a truthful place. I mean, everybody has their own opinion, but it seems like they do also, it, it does seem like there is a division within the country. It, it, if somehow Twitter could, could reverse that division in a way that no candidate will ever be able to do the way, 
it, I mean, God, I'm just like going with different thoughts. That's something I love about him. I think we all love about him. He doesn't talk in terms of countries. He doesn't talk in terms of, you know, you know, left or right. He talks about humanity, right? And I just, I really wish we would get to that level as, as a, as a race, you know, as a species, like, like forget all these borders, forget all these arguments, all these fights, you know, all, all these races and divisions and religions, like, like, man, like this is just stupid at this point. Let's all live a good life. Let's work hard. Let's do fun stuff and let's get along and you know, grab a beer. <laughs> like yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. I think, uh, I agree with you there. So, so to sort of go to the question of, uh, can can Elon truly make or can anybody really make a single source trusted social media or whatever you want to call it content place where and I believe so trusted you define as 80% of the population trusting the platform is that how you because the the that's going to be impossible to get 100% right yes. so you're thinking 80% okay so Pareto right uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because Pareto, 80-20, for those that are not familiar, Pareto rule basically means 80-20. It's an 80-20 rule. So yeah, 10, the, 10, it's, Exactly. Yeah. And and the way you could, like the way I think about Pareto is like, uh, you can achieve anything 80% of the way and the last 20% is dubious, but you can get 80% of the way there. So in my head, I can probably get to 80% of people trusting me. That's going to require a gigantic amount of effort. But yes, I do believe so. I do yeah. believe he can do that. Um, where, where my head goes to from a revolutionary, and I think that's a really, really good one, is creating a single source of trust. Like Walter Cronkite back in the day for America was that revolutionary person, if you, if you kind of study him a little. And I've studied him briefly. I'm not a Walter Cronkite expert, but he was, he was trusted by the majority of the people, which is huge which is huge, like vast majority of the people. Um, so if we can get back to that in a digital world where everything can be manipulated, you can make billions of bots a day to influence uh, information and conversation, uh, and we can get to the point where we can utilize AI to to fix that, that would be gigantic, especially where we're going from a, from a technology perspective. It cannot be understated just how huge that would be. That would be one. I think the other one that somebody brought up, which I completely agree with, is voting. If you can have a single a single platform that can, if you can verify who's a bot and who's not to 99.999%, five sigma, 99.99999% accuracy, then you now have a platform that can be leveraged for true direct democracy. And you completely revolutionize what it means to have a government. You remove representatives, you remove senators, you remove presidents potentially yeah but well, you know you gotta remember go we're we're not actually a democracy we're a republic right sure direct democracy is not what we are so that but but everything else you're saying well, that's I, I agree with yeah it, yeah yeah I, I i'm saying like as yeah. far as like creating that direct democracy platform that elon has talked yeah. about like he wants to implement in mars which theoretically allows the least amount of um uh friction to get to get stuff done because you just mm -hmm. asked the question well, you think about this and all the real human beings go on <laughs> new Twitter, whatever that is, they're 100% verified as a human no. being. It's completely unhackable because of AI and technology. You put in your vote and boom, you move forward. That is pretty fucking crazy. And there's nothing 
about technology or software or physics, I would say, maybe the human condition, that would be one thing that could prevent this from happening. But I don't think anything would stop that from happening. So that would be pretty damn revolutionary. And I think within the context of how Elon thinks about long-term Twitter and the Starlink play and Mars, it becomes 100% part of the equation. You know, And, I, and I've talked about it previously on my channel, but um, I think it's re that would be a revolutionary thing. And I think it's a possible thing. It's a possible thing. It would just be very difficult. Yeah, I, I actually love what you just said there. It, it's funny. Um, I and th this is a lot of this tends tends to not be possible because of government. But it wasn't that long. Maybe a year ago, I was uh, a few. My, my best friend, he was. He just he had just moved here from. He's an intellectual property attorney out of Silicon Valley, and a couple of people he used to live with there. They were all here in town. We went out to dinner and we got into this kind of debate and conversation about social media platforms and whether or not they should be held responsible for things that are posted on their on their websites, right? On their platforms. And we got into a debate about this, but I was I'm of the opinion that social media platforms should be treated more as a utility. So they're a medium. I, I don't think that they should be held liable for with somebody else posts. Now, should there be like some level of, of censorship based on country rules? Sure. But aside from that, like if you could just let the masses just have a place to do what they want to do and say what they want to say and filter out the bots, I think that would get to that point of kind of truth that you're referring to. But mm -hmm. for voting, that's, that's, I think that would be, that's a great one. I mean, yeah, you, you have a better imagination than I do. That's the fact that we still walk to vote and we fill out these paper ballots and we hand them someone it's like a scantron and it's like and then we have mail-in voting where who knows how it gets there how many people are in the middle between all that and exchange hands i mean it's very archaic i mean it's it's one step removed from having horses transporting our votes from left to right i mean it's yeah. it, it's very archaic the way, the way we do it and it's open to corruption right so, so yeah. as soon as you get human beings involved in the sort of intermediary process of what the, this jurisdiction wants versus what the <laughs> what the politician wants, then we get. But anyway, now now we're going down a, a different path. Yeah. And but but I think it's one of those things that, like, it, again, this is within the context of what would be a revolutionary thing that Twitter could do yeah. under an Elon Musk-led team. That's something that could open up. Let me just I'll bring up a couple comments here from Super Chats. Steven, thanks again, man. Five dollars, Super Chat. What Musk could offer? Isn't deciding if Rogan or MSNBC is trusted. Deep fakes will make it hard to figure out what exactly Rogan actually said. Yeah, that's exactly. So that's one of the complications of deep fakes for sure. Uh, and then Jay Lizard, thanks very much. $2 super chat. Twitter merges with Facebook, so your post there too. I would say if Twitter makes a good enough good enough product, Facebook becomes obsolete and nobody will yeah. go to Facebook. You know, I'll like say, I've deleted Facebook already. Yeah, I'll say Twitter will never join with Facebook. That is the same reason Elon will never put Apple CarPlay in Tesla. Right. Yeah. Just um, make a superior product. Yeah. Know? If you don't mind, I, I know we don't have much longer here. I kind of like to move away from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just, let's just, I was just going to take it another direction for sure. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on AI day. I know this is probably something that everybody's kind of sick and tired of hearing or talking about. I'm not. But, <laughs> Okay, good. Well, I, I'm curious to hear what you what you you think about it because I think a lot of us kind of get what we saw, um, and I I don't tout myself as like an amazing engineer or anything, but 
I know a lot of brilliant engineers and I can tell you, even they would have been lost in a lot of what they saw and heard. And like, I feel like I only stood, I only understood about 40% of what I heard and saw. And I was probably wrong about 10% of that, 15% of that. <laughs> I just thought I understood what I heard. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of people don't, don't get why the bot is such a big deal and a lot of the decisions that they've made. And it's, it's, it's just crazy. But what was your takeaway from it? Yeah. So my takeaway was that um, Tesla, and I'm going to use such an improper uh, way of describing this, but I'm going to use it anyway. Yes. I think Tesla has the nerdiest big dick energy of all time. Like, and, and it was displayed during this uh, presentation. And what I mean by that, let me just uh, sort of clarify for those that are like, what the hell did you just say? So what I mean by that is that Tesla is not afraid at all whatsoever, whatsoever to come forward and put their entire uh, show their entire hand to the world and say, this is the direction we're going with a breakthrough technology. And you guys can figure out uh, how to interpret that because this is the direction we're going. And we have all, the utmost confidence in it. And if anybody comes out and says, hey, you know what? I think that's the wrong way of doing it. We're going to listen to the feedback. We're going to remove the ego and the emotion from it. And we're going to make our thing better. Oh, and by the way, we're going to take all the people that we're trying to hire and openly ask us questions at the end of the presentation as to why certain things were not going down the direction properly. And we're going to display to millions of people. If that doesn't uh, spark a level of confidence in the team that Tesla has assembled and the way that company operates from a culture perspective, that, that type of thing allows you to achieve anything absolutely anything and i'm like with you and i'm with you and for the fact that most of it went over my head you know i don't know if uh, i don't know if it was like oh we lost like for a second i don't know if uh if uh i, I may have grasped 20 percent of the technical stuff to be completely honest because that is not my area of expertise and i rely on others to kind of explain that to me right like i go on i'll go listen to james dalma once uh, he processes all the stuff and he goes on dave lee's channel i'm sure and they'll talk for seven hours about why the single thing about software is incredible you know we'll get roboticists you know we'll listen to dr know-it-all and scott and all these people about the actual um thing the motions that the ro the robot is doing that are so yeah. so game changing but yeah go ahead yeah I just just a couple things um first of all i've heard a lot of people say that what you just said there that tesla kind of laid out their hand there the cards showing everything i can tell you right now they did not do that they showed you what we, they wanted to show us they did not show us everything there's a lot of things they didn't show us that i le left their thing like well how are you doing this well what about that and what's your method for this i mean just dojo alone how are they keeping the data local to each one of the, the servers, if you will? How are they handling the distributed metadata for everything? How are they dealing with the petabytes of storage? Where are they pulling that from? How are they housing that? Are they just cycling through it? Um, how are they distributing the, the neural nets? What, what are they actually doing to get into vector space and make everything into videos in, instead of just pixels? How are they actually training the bot? Right? Are, are they letting it go around the factory? Yeah. And like, I mean, we have we we know how SD Beta is doing. It. We don't actually know how the bot's doing it. Right? There's so much that they didn't actually show us, but they gave us enough to get excited about. I mean, proof of what I'm saying, where I would say like, you, like I'm not wrong about this at all, is the fact that you still have Doctor Know It All. You have other people going on there, and they're hypothesizing on how certain things are working. They did not lay it all out there. And there's a lot more there, but I think that's the whole plan is to get people curious and be like, oh, how'd they do this? Or what's their plan for that? And that, that attracts you. I mean, 
they showed us what they want to show us. I mean, okay. I, Elon is is not stupid. He's very protective over over the AI portion of the company. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, he open sources, you know, other parts of the electric vehicle. The AI side, he is not open sourcing that. He's been asked about that. That's that is close to their chest. But but I, I think there's a lot to be excited about, and I think um, the. the the most exciting thing that nobody really talked about or no one's really talked about. And I, I've been meaning to make a video about this. I just haven't had time. Dojo's coming online Q1 2023. Like to me, that was the mic drop of the entire thing. It wasn't the bot. It wasn't anything else. It was that. So, and, and I forget cause I only, I watched it. It was 4am in Greece when I was watching it. So I didn't go to sleep. I was sitting there with espressos drinking, watching, but from what I remember, like, it, again, I might, don't quote me on this, but I think it was an order of magnitude um, better and faster with the Exapod. And I think only three or four of the Exapod servers that would equate to something like 20 or 10 of the NVIDIA GPU cluster servers. And it's like, okay, so if you're doing this at that scale with that amount of improvement, what does that mean for the neural net speed of learning, right? How much faster are we going through the, the training and the validation before we actually put it out? There? I mean, that's a big deal. And I think, I, I don't think that got enough attention. So I definitely want to make a video about it, but that's very, very exciting. And I get it, it's not as sexy as some of the other stuff, but that's going to be, that's like the factory for the cars. It's Dojo. Dojo is the factory for AI. That's a phenomenally good point. So let me ask you this. Does a order of magnitude uh, or a 10X improvement in speed of calculation directly imply that things like full self-driving are going to now get better 10 times faster? I would say no. Not, I don't think it's a one-for-one. -one and again, the, the whole 10x, uh, it, might, it might have been 8x or whatever, but it was, it was a crazy number. I, I don't yeah. remember off the top of my head. But what, what it means, so like when you go through these sequences, right, for any ML models, let's see, it was four Dojo cabinets equals, yeah, 72 NVIDIA racks. Like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Look at it. Three to five crazy. times faster. Yeah, okay. Like yeah, it's still insane. But no, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so like with all these models, right? Like, when model is not the right word because in reality, with all these neural nets, like these these trees that you have, you have multiple models within them that kind of check each other to make sure that you don't have any kind of overfitting. Anyways, uh, this isn't a neural net discussion, but the the point is, there's a lot of cycling has to go through. And that's why we need so much data. We need a lot of data so we don't overfit to one place or another. So we get enough examples and we can feed it. But so the more, the faster we can train that or the more volume we can train, different models that we can train, right? That's just going to make the, the end state get here faster. So who knows if it's, I mean, it's, we don't know the answer to the problem yet. So we don't know if it'll be 10X or 1X or we know it'll be faster because we can yeah. iterate faster. That, that's all it means. And I think that's a really big deal. And I, I listen, it's October and Elon still said worldwide beta release end of this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's happening. I mean, and again, I don't know like what, what does happening mean <laughs> yet? <laughs> it could mean it's happening where we'll have RoboTaxi operating in some shape or form end of next year in some jurisdictions. That's what happening could mean. But it, it's a, a, I think I think it's I am confident in saying that full self driving will get solved within 
meaning that it will be a line item in Tesla's financials where RoboTaxi will be generating revenue within within 12 to 24 months very, very confidently. Like, and and I, I don't think I would have been able to say that um, until, until recently. I had a hunch that that would happen and I talked about it on my channel just based on some of the things that were going down. But now I'm, I'm quite confident that we'll get uh, revenue from that part of the business within a year or two for sure. For sure, within within some jurisdictions. So, uh, and that, yeah. Sorry, real quick. Uh, again, Please. once again, in the spirit of Yashu, uh, it's it's three fifty right now. Anyone want to put in your oh. guesses into the comments for the closing price? I like it, dude. Hell yeah, hey, Yashu. We're thinking about you, brother. Hey, Yashu is. I love him. He. I was live streaming him the day that we passed a thousand, and he had that that BDE, and I was feeling yeah, it. Yeah. And I was like, let's go. Oh man, look at that. I, I say Yashu and it starts going up. Yeah. Let's All play right. the guessing game, y'all. Uh 249.17 sitting on Tesla. Wow, Yashu, I hope we're making you proud, my friend. Um 249.35 sitting on Tesla. Put in your uh your guesses for where we're gonna end the day. There's 10 minutes left. Uh we'll do our best to find the winner. If we don't find it, I'm sorry. You'll get Yashu will send you virtual juju. But if you get it right, we'll do the honor system. If you got it right, say I won. And then Nick will slap you with a banana, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the fruit bandits. Is it too early for that? The fruit band. I love it, dude. That's you great. Yasha, from? start making the merch. What isn't that from like Fruit Ninja or something? Uh Home Alone. Oh, oh yeah, duh. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. Um uh anyways, uh, uh so yeah. all right. My guess is uh two fifty one fifty. Okay. I'm and then Twitter spaces too. Just let's play a little bit of a game too. Let us know where you think the stock's gonna end up. Uh, in the spirit of Yashu, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two, two fifty three fifty. Screw it. Ooh, oh, yeah. Man, all right. Two fifty three fifty. Look like a clown over here. I think we're gonna do a, a big yeah. run up towards the end. But uh, yeah, nice. drop in your drop in your comments, drop in your guesses in the comment section. We'll do honor system. If you got it right, say I won. And then Yashu, then reach out to Yashu for your juju. He'll take care of you. Okay. Well, um, we're just the intermediary. Go ahead. Going back to what you were saying before, uh, RoboTaxi. So Elon essentially said 2024. So I think production will start in 2023. Um, but I, I, I've seen your videos and, you know, your, your drive you've been doing, it's definitely not perfect there, right? You're still having takeovers, interventions, et cetera. Where I live, the last time I did like a real like like serious testing like for seventy two hours, zero disengagements, zero interventions, nothing, wow. nothing. And, and I'm talking this about was full self driving beta, yes. like full self driving. Wow, yeah. all day, all day, nothing. The only reason I didn't put videos out was because the very next day after I was done recording, they released a new version. Like, God damn it! Mm. Like that's mm. oh, that's all garbage, but. It, it, now, granted, where I live, I live in Florida. I, I was in Austin for the first time when I met you. All right, your streets suck compared to Florida. Yes, they do. They're trash. They're bad. Florida Austin has amazing good. streets. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, uh, Warren Redlick and I were talking about that. We we're, were looking at the Cybertruck and we we're talking about like, have you noticed how bad the streets are here? So, so there is a bias towards that. And I'm sure that's a big factor in it, you know, and we have good weather here always. So that's probably something else. And California kind of has the same thing going on, but it's only a matter of time, right? It's only a matter of time. And so I, I think, honestly, I think once we see you 
have confidence in it and it's going doing well, you know, on your type of drives, especially with the crazy streets, the way they are. Texas in general is just kind of crazy with the way the highway on ramps and off ramps are. We see like Tim Parquet in Rhode Island. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm very bullish on it. And I think that I think I think we're about to get some big releases coming out. So yeah. some some next level releases. Yeah, for sure. I think I think Kim Paquette, if we can get her to be comfortable with the drive, if you don't follow her, follow her on YouTube and Twitter, Kim Paquette. She uh, one of the OG beta testers. Um, if she is comfortable with it, we're there. It's over. Like, because her roads, boy, Austin sucks, but over there is like 1700s, bro. It's yeah. like, you know, it's it's not even a grid style sort of road thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I know that in some jurisdictions it works really, really well, and that's extremely encouraging. What I'm going to do for this next release, because I think, because I feel comfortable in the car, even though I have to take over from time to time, but I think the one thing that's really, really important, and we'll save the last five minutes of the discussion for the bot, because I know we have to hit the bot in, in some sh shape or form. Um, but the I'm going to do a wife test. So oh. here's the thing that I've noticed, is that when I'm on full self-driving beta, I know what the limitations are of the car and it's on 99% of the time, but there are some situations where it's like, I could see how somebody would be uncomfortable because whenever my wife's with me in the car, love you to death, baby. If you're watching this, she's not the dentist. So if she's just watching this, you're crazy. I hope you turn it off. I'm sure she's not watching this, but, um, I'll turn it on. And then the smallest thing that happens, she's like, Oh my God, can you turn this fucking thing off? Like it's so annoying, you know? So, so I want to start doing a wife test. So with the next release, and I already talked to her about this, I'm going to put her in the car. I'm going to put a mic in her mouth. And I'm going to be like, okay, cool. So at any point where you start feeling uncomfortable, start talking about it. And then we'll track your comfort level over time to see how a passenger that would basically has zero passion to uh, test this thing over and over again because she's not crazy like we are. Uh, she's a regular, normal person. Uh, <laughs> some could argue that's a better thing. It's um, I want to see her reaction over time because I think as she gets better, more and more and more comfortable with how the car behaves, I think it's a signal that says this thing is truly ready for wide release because the adoption of the technology is going to be heavily influenced by how comfortable people are in a self-driving car. And if I can get her reaction over and over again as we go through the process, I think, and it will help Tesla too, I think. It will help Tesla and be like, okay, yeah, all, all of our beta testers are, are comfortable with this, but if we start releasing this to random people, it'd be nice to know, oh my God, I found that weird. I found that weird. I didn't find that comfortable. You know, yeah. the, the perceived safety and comfort, I think, is going to be extremely important. Yeah, the only thing about that though is like I can get an Uber today and I'm critiquing them half the time, but they're still driving me, you know. So yeah. like, it, so I, I mean, yeah, I don't but, know. It, but but why are you critiquing them? And why why are you still willing to take Uber? Uh, convenience, and I'm critiquing them because you know they're just driving too fast or making crazy lane changes or they're just slamming on the brakes or they're not. But do you feel attention. safe? No, honestly, I've tweeted about okay. this a few times. <laughs> I, I've had some crazy Uber drive. I'm like, what is happening here? Okay. It's like I, every time I get an Uber, it's a Florida man. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, three minutes left until the the market closes. Bot, give me your thoughts. Like, like, okay. let's let me give you a, a crazy context. Where is Bot going to be in ten years now? From now, uh, ten years, we'll have bots in our houses. That, okay. that, that's what I think. They'll be doing basic chores and stuff. I, again, something else that I feel like hasn't been talked about enough is that and everybody says, Oh, 
I mean, they said it yesterday on your live stream with Gary and Ross, and I love them, but they're they missed something, in my opinion. They said, okay, it came out there, it waved, and that's all it really did. It's like, no, that's not all they showed. They literally showed it in the factory doing a task. Like they showed us what they wanted to show us, right? But it's in the factory and it was doing a task. I mean, yes, we saw it watering a plant as well, but I Elon was very clear. He wants to get this out there doing actual tasks as soon as possible. He he wants it done yesterday. So they're not messing around. They don't care about backflips. They don't care about twerking. They don't care about any of that. They want to get it out there working. And I think that's extremely bullish. I think by the end of next year, you're going to have bots in the factories doing basic things. I, I, I have no doubt about it. I mean, I, I, I would be surprised if they don't already have it doing stuff now. Sure, it's just like, you know, working on it. But they're leveraging that as kind of a convenience. I, I'd be very surprised if they, if they don't. Um, but I, I think, I think uh, next year we'll have bots. How much do you think it's going to cost? A lot more than what Elon said. <laughs> okay, why? Uh, I, I just think you need mass, vast, uh, large scale to get to, uh, to what he's talking about. And if he's talking about FSD beta eventually being 100,000, and that's just the software, well, then how is a buy only 20,000? So either that or the bot physically, the, the, the mechanical part is 20,000, and then the software is going to be another monthly $1,000 subscription, which I would pay for, believe it or not. I pay $200 a, a month to have a clean lady come once a month. If I had a bot clean every single day, you tell me that's not worth 5X every single day? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, again, I don't know if I'd pay $1,000 a month. That's a big expense, but, but yeah. Well, your thoughts? What, what do we have about 40 seconds? I'm actually uh, building a video for this specifically because there's a lot, but I do think, I think the hardware of the bot will be very, like within that $20,000 range. And I think it'll be app-based where you'll be able to download an app with a monthly subscription, say, I don't know, 50 bucks a month to water your plants. I don't know, use an example. And then that will be the, and then every month you can change up your subscription. And as the neural nets gather more and more data, then they'll, the bot will become more and more uh, capable over time. So, uh, but yeah. That's how I'm thinking about it. But I'll have I'll have a full breakdown at some point here. So yeah. uh, anyway, we literally just hit three o'clock. Let's see how the market ended up. And then we'll uh, pass it over to our uh, friends on Twitter spaces that are coming on next. I believe it's Herbert and friends. We've ended at 249.63, I think. Oh, so let I'm me at, go ahead and refresh. I'm at 44. 249. 249. 249.44. 249. Yeah, 249.44. Okay. So... Uh, can't be over, right? Price is right uh, wins rules, I guess, is what Yashu says. Honor system. If you won, drop it in the comments that you won, and then reach out to Yashu. Um, I don't <laughs> have his email, but reach out to him and have him give you your juju. Thank you and all it, very much. If you lie, you get the banana. That's right. You get the banana. All right. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. We'll see you around. Herbert, Mike's over to you, my friend. Oh. There we go.